Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Everybody's working. With that time, George. There are a handful of very important things I feel a responsibility to talk about over the course of today's Time Czars here on The Athletic. Uh, Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, all with you, taking you into uh, a, a long holiday weekend, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we have a few more things from Chiefs Raiders we want to get back to and kind of dig in a little bit more. We get to look ahead to one of maybe the most interesting Chiefs games this year. It's one of the most interesting matchups this year, but it's on Thanksgiving week, and so the timing is all kind of wonky. We just watched the Buccaneers be not very good on primetime. We need to talk about the Bucks. But guys, nothing is more important right now. Just look at Twitter, look outside, look at the world. Nothing in this world right now is more important than having contentious conversations about Thanksgiving food. I just want everybody <laughs> to understand that mac and cheese is necessary on Thanksgiving. And don't you go messing up mac and cheese, okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the first step, okay? Turkey, that is your preference. Eat it however you must. Uh, please take a nap after you eat it, because, like, tradition. <laughs> but, look, man, if the mac and cheese ain't right, why are we even here? So, so you mean, like, you mean like if you don't, like, put quite enough of the, the powder stuff from the craft box mm. in the... In, in the thing? Is that what you mean? Mm, this show's been through some Maybe. stuff, and I just feel like this might be the yeah, end. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're totally saying, though. That's what you mean, right? Like, if, you, if, if you've got... Yeah. If, if you, I mean... If you've got the wrong size pot for the craft box, that's I mean, what you mean, right? Right, and, you know, more butter is always better, you know? <laughs> more salt's better. More butter is always... That's true yeah, on everything. like, more like, butter never, is always yeah. better. If you gotta... <laughs> look, if... if, if if you need salt to disguise your ineptitude, then then have at it. <laughs> then yeah, get um, at it. Yeah, you know, it makes pepper, it better. quite important on a day like 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 Thanksgiving. Less <laughs> look, the collard greens they Seasoning. they're gonna be fine. Okay, the yams it. you know they popping whether they in a box or however else you got them. Uh, <laughs> you know, pumpkin pie, you know, get slighted, but it's fine. Today's this day. Um, I. <laughs> you know, prefer pecan pie to all other desserts uh, in this time of our calendar. But I have a take. Go for it. <clears throat> There's a few things. I've got a lot of takes on food. And let's be clear. I've got the palate of a five-year-old. And I, I accept this. I'm cool with it. Like when <laughs> is your is your take is your take that what you really have to do for the mac and cheese is the powder and then chopped up hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> my 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 take is that you know what Kraft macaroni and cheese isn't bad, and I will eat an entire box of that stuff. Um, you not on Thanksgiving though. Not on Thanksgiving though, right? <laughs> not on Thanksgiving. I prefer out of the box. I prefer boxed stuffing. 
I, 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 you know what? I think that's, I've, I've, that's, that's a pretty popular is it? take, like I the think. Really, like the stove so. is soft, gooey, that really isn't stuffing, but it, I don't, I think it's delicious. Look, if you bring Nate, if Nate you bring to the yard, just follow the instructions. <laughs> don't, don't go, don't go, <laughs> right. don't go thinking you, you got something new, okay? The box, no, don't the put raisins in it. There don't put raisins reason, in it. All right. <laughs> So yeah, I, that's right. I agree with that's Seb. right. If you out here and you bring this box to the yard or to the house, just follow the instructions. Everybody gonna be happy yep. with it, okay? Yep. Don't don't pretend that you're like a chef. You got the box. Use, use the, box. the box. This this corporation the understands their own ingredients, and they say, "Look, guys, <laughs> this is the ceiling. They are they are the 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 the, the stuffing there is Jared Goff." And Stouffer's is Sean McVay yeah. saying, this is yes. exactly yes. how you yes. use this. <laughs> yes. That's and you right. got people out That's here absolutely right. throwing in raisins and doing weird stuff. And Stouffer's sitting there, guys, I have memorized the best <laughs> things that this stuffing can do. And it can't do anything else. And if you ask it to do anything else. No, here's, here's my take. Pie is trash. Wow. Pie is trash. Oh. Give me cake. Danielle, why kick him. are we? Wow. Kick him. Why? Danielle, wow. kick him. Kick him out of the meeting. Why are we eating? I, no, I'm, I, I almost have dropped a right. my mic over this. <laughs> did you just? Did you just say we have cake? I said pie is trash. So I mean, it, oh my. Look, okay, I'll go ahead. eat go, pie go. if I absolutely have to. But when I have some, yeah, if someone has you a gunpoint holding a piece of pie to your, what the hell are you talking That's about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. If someone's got a gun, and it depends on the gun and how close they are to me, I ain't scared. I ain't scared to die. I'll meet Jesus today. But I will eat pie if Jesus will rebuke you for what you've said about pie. Wait, wait, look, it's okay. Oh, look, we've got a crust here that's you know okay, like pumpkin pie especially. It's like oh look, you know baby food surrounded by a crumble. That's lovely. No, cake is what everyone should be eating for dessert at any option. Give me a, and uh, hey, I, I apologize in advance for this. You remember palate of a five-year-old? I said it. I'm not ashamed. When everyone made a big deal about Mahomes putting ketchup on steak, I stayed real quiet <laughs> in that conversation. <laughs> I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that he said, definitely. That's uh, new yeah. to me. Yeah, oh man, yeah. Five-year-olds eat pie! Uh, yeah, not the smart ones. Wow. <laughs> so I'm just saying, wow. give me a, a yellow cake with chocolate frosting, and I will eat that entire pan. No, seriously, I have a problem. I really... I really would eat the entire thing if like someone doesn't take it away from me. And if someone, if, and if there's just like a, if there's like a, a an apple pie on the stove top, or it's in, you know it's in the fridge or what, it's been it's been sitting around for a couple of days, just getting delicious up in there. If you just have an apple pie, it's just gonna sit and mold in your refrigerator. Yeah, it's gonna sit and mold it. on your kitchen counter. <laughs> my wife or my kids will eat it. My my oldest son has a much more adult palate than oh, I do. Shout out to Tucker who eats grown up food. Uh, he'll, apple pie is not grown-up food. Eh. Apple pie is not it's as Americana, sir. Are you an American? <laughs> you know, look, my people. We all remember. I'm a quarter Japanese, and I'm, I'm I'm very proud of my Japanese heritage. We fought for control of Japan. We lost, but we fought for it. Um, I, I'm just saying, my people. We we don't need apple pie. You know why? Because we know cake is better. 
<laughs> I just Googled Japanese pie, and there's a Japanese fruit pie that actually looks bad. Maybe this is actually, you know what? Maybe this is genetic. Exactly <laughs> it looks like it looks like fruit cake and a pie crust. Maybe, Hold on. Yeah, oh yeah, we we all know that people hate Asian cuisine. That's like, although I no, don't know I'm if just, we're known it's just, for our pie. That's, that's, <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no. I yeah, no, I. I uh I'm just saying that the pie does look like fruitcake in a pie crust, I was, which I don't think is probably good. So. I was hoping that one of you would secretly jump on board this, but I sense that I'm a man on an island. Oh, you know what? You know what? Hostile territory. Danielle, one of the greatest movies of all time is Nick Cage's face off. Danielle, ruling here. Help me out. <laughs> pie isn't that good, right? You are on an island, my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You are uh. castaway. <laughs> If that would have been a Nick Cage yeah, movie, no. there would have been a real moment. I tried to deliver it really been. good, though. Also, I just Googled Nick Cage because I'm trying to always have new Nick Cage movies. Apparently, there's a movie that either is out or is soon to be out called Jiu-Jitsu starring <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> Come on. Man, that guy. Really, I've heard there's 0% Jiu-Jitsu in it. I... What? I just... I have a lot of questions about this movie trailer that I'm watching on mute right now. It starts with a shaky cam. It looks like... Uh, <laughs> Wow, it also doesn't. It just also doesn't look good right now. Like it visually, it looks pretty bad. So this is weird. This is gonna be a bad film. I bet. Nick. Anyway, Nick Cage is anyway. having the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> he is the ultimate. I mean, seriously, Nate. To go back to the early days of the podcast, you know what? Get them checks. Get them. Go get them. Get, get that paper. They, if 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 a movie studio is coming to you saying, Nick, we got an idea for a film. It's and Nick immediately he they don't even, they're like it's done it, and he just it's it over gets him out of the house you, and he gets him a paycheck <laughs> I don't see a problem here um <laughs> look he did national so, treasure okay that that yes, was that was his apex treasure. mountain okay and we don't need to move forward yes. uh, everything else is about <laughs> building wealth um for people exactly <laughs> like us. <laughs> And I are building I respect all the people it. like us, I should say. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh I, I did I'm hoping to redeem myself. Can we at least talk say what our favorite side is and hopefully that redeems me a little bit? Yeah, just one second. First of all, Jujitsu has a thirty six percent from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. You might think, well, critics, they're a bunch of snobs. Audience score twenty seven percent. The the poster says jujitsu uh, in theaters on demand and digital November twentieth. From Dimitri Logothesis, director of Kickboxer Retaliation. For that to make the poster, director of Kickboxer Retaliation. I have not heard of the film Kickboxer Retaliation, but it doesn't. I bet it's probably not. I gotta. Uh, Schindler's I gotta, List, you know? It's not I kind of got like a soft take, but is Nicolas Cage the real life Moira Rose? That's not bad. That's not, I don't hate that at all. He definitely had a, a financial yeah. falling out that has led to some of these roles. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at that take at all. There's no way Seth in- knows what we're incredible. talking about. Your side, sir. Dang it. <laughs> Why? Why did you have? I get a lot of pop culture references. I have no kickboxer retaliation on thirteen critical reviews on Rotten Tomatoes has ninety two percent, sixty nine percent from the audience. Huh? It appears to be starring the uh, the mountain from Game of Thrones. I think. I don't know. Interesting. You see, 
Jean-Claude Van Damme is in it. Yeah, well, I mean... I, As like, is Mike Tyson. I think you've got to be... I mean, if it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, I assume it's good. Um, You know. Have to. Maybe this isn't the mountain. I don't know. I might have. It might just, be. No, that's him. No, that's him. He's, he's a pretty. Covered, there is, there is he's a pretty unmistakable him. individual. Yeah, I felt pretty good about it, and then I got, then I second guessed myself. Sure, not him. Sure. Uh, all right. So, what's your what's your uh, favorite side dish? Because I've got a I got a dish and a take for for the end of the uh, fifteen minute intro. Today. I'm I'm excited for that. I I'm a mashed potatoes guy, and I think that's popular. I think America can get behind me on that. I love mashed potatoes. I actually have a mother-in-law who makes an entire extra, I don't know, giant pot, I guess you'd call it, of mashed potatoes mm-hmm. when we, because, you know, we we alternate years between, you know, we go with Jazz family, with mm-hmm. my family. Keep the peace, people. Mm-hmm. Keep the peace. Keep the peace. Um, but she'll make, when the years when we're not there, she makes one pot of mashed potatoes in the years we're there. Now, to be fair, I have an army of children, but... It's also <laughs> mostly for me, <laughs> and she acknowledges that, <laughs> except now there's, like, this expectation, you know, you know, you're 13, 14 years in, it's kind of become, like, a running family joke. It's like, oh, Seth's gonna get more potatoes now, and so now I feel, like, obligated to do it, and so I'm secretly, like, you know, that, that, that crying on the inside... <laughs> clown putting on his makeup during that famous <laughs> opera like uh, yeah yeah oh, these are good <laughs> i don't want to eat anymore but i do it because it makes everyone happy watching me eat three pounds of potatoes and i love mashed potatoes i could eat just a a meal that consists of mashed potatoes uh nate what's your what's your side dish of choice i don't have any real yeah, take for that no, here. I, I like mashed yeah, potatoes all the I, time and so honestly mashed potatoes on thanksgiving are like a little bit of a lower a lower seed for me just because i'll eat mashed potatoes just any random thursday yeah no um yeah no one's ever I'm mad when mashed potato. potatoes gets brought out like if you're no, over to his house and like hey we made it's better with ham than with turkey you know like some ham and mashed potato like like if someone brings that out, you're never you're never like, yeah. oh, crap, they're making mashed potatoes. Right. You're always just like, it's also one of the few dishes that I don't know if I've ever had it better in a restaurant than I've, than just people making it. Like, that's one thing restaurants can't seem to make successfully. I, I'm kind of nodding my head in agreement. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking about that, but I don't really have anything for why, it. Why do you, you think, Josh, I... I go between two. Um, I just Ooh. I just like greens on Thanksgiving. Give me a little Louisiana hot sauce. Um, make sure I'm awake during the Detroit Lions game. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know if cornbread gets a lot of love on Thanksgiving, Ooh. but cornbread like we shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, we shouldn't forget uh, how great that individual is, uh, no matter the occasion. <laughs> yeah, cornbread has a really high ceiling. Very high. like it. It's a super high ceiling food. It does have, in my opinion, and now this this is probably just my experience. It's got a low floor. Like if someone making cornbread who shouldn't be making cornbread, you're like, this is just not terrific. But the ceiling is incredible. I, it's like a, it's like caramel rolls in that respect. That uh, if they're made right, it's like something that you eat way too much of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to put to put a bow on kind of where we were at a little bit earlier. Listen, if you want to get chefy with a dish, you bring in a couple dishes. And you want to say, you know what? I've got my staple, and then I got what we're experimenting with. 
you take your like scalloped potatoes and you try to do a little extra twist. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I all potato dishes are good. Yeah, they're probably gonna be like five of them. So if you want to <laughs> try to like throw a little curveball on a potato thing, that's fine. You want to try to dress up one of those one of those sides, that's fine. You want to bring an untraditional side? Great. I think we could Thanksgiving food. Maybe it could use a little bit of a jolt. But I have two things that I think need to be said. One. If your green bean casserole doesn't have, like, the French-cut green beans in it, if it's not just a can of (laughs) French-cut green beans that are mushy and weird, but they're topped with crispy onion straws, if it's not that, you've made something else, (laughs) and it's worse. (laughs) Oh, but they're fresh... I got these green beans from the farmer's market. That's fine. We can eat those tomorrow (laughs) with something else. This green bean casserole needs to have green beans from a can, uh... The, the cream of mushroom soup from a can. I don't want to find a real mushroom in there. That's not what. That's not how it works. I don't want almonds on the top. I need the $2 giant jug of onion straws. Put those on the top. Thank you. Alternatively, um, there's been a lot of turkey talk on Twitter the last couple mm-hmm, of days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Turkey's fine. If it's, and I just if think it's someone, well. I think someone just needs to say turkey is fine. Can it be dry? Absolutely. Is it the best meat? No. Is it is it dry styrofoam garbage? Now you're overreacting. <laughs> turkey is fine. It's and we can all eat a whole turkey one day a year or don't. That's also okay. But turkey is fine. That's that's my take. It's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's Kirk Cousins. Wow. You know that's that's fair. And there are some people who insist that it's great, which is what some people do with yeah. Kirk Cousins. Um, yep. Because he inexplicably manages to put up excellent in-depth stats every year. Yep. While everyone watching him is like, he's not that good. But hes it's not trash because some people insist turkey's trash. I do think there's a real danger with turkey if it's not made correctly. Um, that's another thing where you, you end up where it's just super dry. But then you drown it in gravy. You just put gra- and it's and it's not good, but it's fine. Yeah. Even then, it's fine. The best possible turkey is probably just fine. The worst possible turkey can claw its way up to fine. There's a very small amount of variance on turkey. If you want to get fancy, have a different meat for your <laughs> meal. That's also go for it. But if there's turkey, just you could take some. I don't care. I largely I don't care about your turkey take. Twitter. That's where I'm at at this point. You guys want to talk about the Chiefs? That was a solid 18 minutes. Uh, But yeah, let's let's talk. You know, at one point. How is the intro on today's show longer than Monday? Unbelievable. Look, we just brought people into our living rooms. John Madden, God rest his soul, you know, he's got the turkey legs ready for us. And I'm ready to explain to you that maybe the Chiefs defense isn't as good as we thought it was because they ain't getting turnovers Mm. no more. Um, Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I do want to go there, but I have to pull the parking brake brake really quick. Nate, do you think John Madden's dead? He's still with us? (laughs) (laughs) I just haven't seen him in a while. Oh, we're doing a show on the fly, kids. Have God. I told you about the time where a hot mic can get you in trouble? 
God, God rest his soul wherever he's out there kicking, Man, wherever he's Nate's probably out, living in. Nate's out here trying to deliver blessings to people, and Josh, you just got to. Man, he, maybe that's just something he says, God rest his soul. Maybe he just, you know, is a he did, prayerful he, look, he did so much Nate, for you're so right. We just haven't seen him he, in a while. He did you're so right, much for my life. I learned what turducken was from this man. Obviously, uh, I, 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 I saw a lot of circles on my screen, and I heard a lot of booms. Um, I, now that my, now that I'm thinking this through, didn't like, didn't Chris Collinsworth be like, hey, we wanted to tell uh, John Madden's mother, like, we're, we're, you know, we're thinking of you because she's like, you know. Um, you know, trying to get through this like all of us. I I don't know how I made this this drastic of a mistake, but uh, I I, I seriously yeah. I I think within the last week I had the thought of like I'm pretty sure John Madden's still alive, but we we haven't heard from him in a while. And so you said God rest his soul, and I am I Googled it. Yeah, I definitely Googled it. I thought you know what, there's a chance that he died and I forgot about it. it. But no, he's uh he's still with and us. Although it is interesting if you Google John Madden. You know, you got the autocomplete yep. thing, and the very first thing is John Madden death. And so, but I gotta say, <laughs> I got John Madden Nate, still alive yeah, down a few. That was yeah. that was Nate. That was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Just the dead silence. <laughs> I just haven't seen him. In a while. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, it is 2020, so I, you, I get we it. all know I you OG when you ain't gotta be out here, okay? And everybody still know your name rings out, okay? Look, I'm not, I'm not trying. I just uh, I made a clerical error and it has been rectified. <laughs> is John Madden still alive? Twenty twenty is a suggestion. Hey, a lot has happened. I mean, ugh, ugh. <sighs> looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm trying to figure out the last time we've heard from uh, from John. I hope he's doing well out there, still alive. I, I know we're we're doing the introduction. Well, at this point, can you really call it the introduction when we're no. third of the way through the show? Um, the show is 33 over. We're gonna yeah. need to have like we're we're gonna need to have some kind of disclaimer on this episode. Um, I would like to talk about um, Gridiron Heights. Oh yes, um, yes, sure. Because they, so I assume anyone who listens to this show knows what Gridiron Heights is. And Josh, you could probably give a better synopsis of it than anything I could do. 
But bleed, you know, they, everyone knows. I mean, it's their their shorts on football. They're they're cartoon shorts. And how does right. Bleacher Report knock every one of these out of the park? They've never not been good. They're always funny. They've been funny for like three straight years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes' character. So the most recent one is you know Mahomes is running away with the MVP. And if you haven't watched it, you got to go watch it, especially to understand the context we're going to talk about. But guys, I don't know if I've ever laughed as hard at Mahomes' <laughs> character, especially you know. He's up ahead. Everyone's trying desperately to ski down this hill. He's on a snowboard and he's reading about analytics. And what is the thing he asked there? It's like, do you, you know, do you think, do you think that analytics enhances sport or detracts from it? Yeah. With the voice. Do you think that analytics detracts from sport? I'm sorry. I just, I love it so much. My favorite part of that episode is actually the other MVP narratives that start showing up because <laughs> Mahomes is running away with it so much. And they're just like, oh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger should be in consideration if the Steelers go undefeated. Alex Smith should win it for his contribution to the game. <laughs> it's, just, it's just rolling down behind him. It's yeah. great. It's, Goodell should get MVP for funny. putting on a season. Oh, <laughs> that, yes. Yes, yes. It's so good. It really, it's, the, the show is, the show is so excellent. It, Did you guys ever deep fry a turkey? No, I haven't. <laughs> I just want to tell our loyal listeners, I tried. I tried to drag us away from Turkey. You drove. You dragged us into Gridiron Heights. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like Kyler Murray. I don't know if I've ever had a deep fried turkey. I've just seen lots of videos of firefighters putting deep fried turkeys into deep fryers and then absolutely incinerating like a fake kitchen. I think that... I've never seen anyone but firefighters deep fry a turkey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe I think that's, that's true. Maybe you that's think- a requirement. I think you just need a really big deep fryer. And honestly, I assume it's way better than normal turkey. Because what isn't way better when it's deep fried? Like, is there anything? I could deep fry my I mean, cell w- phone and I'd eat it. I would argue pie is probably better not deep fried, <laughs> but it would also be great deep fried, and you wouldn't eat I, either. What what if, I, would eat, so. I would eat pie deep what fried. What if I told you I, that at the North Carolina State Fair, somebody did have mm-hmm. uh, fried pie? Oh man, I bet that was awful. Yeah, I bet that was terrible. I bet that wasn't. I bet that wasn't decadent <laughs> sin every single bite. <laughs> I did finally. You know, everyone always talks about like the deep fried this, deep fried that. I finally tried a deep fried Snickers bar at our county fair. Um, yeah, and it's it's what you'd think. Like it's unbelievable, um, but you can't eat more than unbelievable. one. <laughs> All right, we're at about the halfway point of the show. Now, do we want to talk about the Raiders and stuff? Sure. And the Bucks and all those things? Great. Let's do it. Uh, we, we spent some time on Monday talking about uh, the, the pass rush and the secondary a little bit, the defense, the way it came together, and, and the things that were and weren't working. Uh, Seth, you've taken a look. As of recording right now, you're not quite through the game yet, I know. But you're pretty, you made a pretty good dent, I think, in the first three quarters, you said, yep. uh, in a piece that will be up in the Chief from the North newsletter before too long. Looking at the pass rush specifically, and uh, I got to say, I'm stunned to hear you leaping to the defense of Chris Jones. But, I mean, if someone's going to do it. Stand on that <laughs> hill and die, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a hard hill to die on. Like this has always been, this has always been an easy hill to die on because he's an elite player. It's like mm-hmm. if anyone wants to say this, that, and the other thing. Here's what I'll say: there is, there's one snap in the first half, just one, but it's bad, where Jones gets hit by a double team initially, and then I think it's, I think it's Hudson uh, peels off onto someone else, 
And I don't know if Jones thought that the double team was going to continue or if he's looking to swat the ball. Like these are these are charitable thoughts on that snap. Um, mm-hmm. if he's what he's doing. But he he just stands straight up and kind of holds on to the blocker who's got him, and he's like, eh, I'm gonna live to fight another down. Is <laughs> apparently the thought process there. Um, and it's 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 made the rounds a little bit on Chiefs Twitter. And in something that isn't super stunning to me, people are just jumping all over Chris Jones like he's been bad this year when he's in fact been really, really, really good. And so I don't really know what to tell people like, yeah, that snaps a bad look. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you, you obviously want guys to go 100% all the time. Um, so far I'm through about three quarters and I haven't seen another one like it. So when I got people saying like, oh, his effort was terrible. It's like, you mean on that one snap that to me, I think we love to formulate narratives based on what we already believe. And there's enough people that spent a lot of time dogging Jones during the contract stuff mm-hmm. that they're just, they're just going to go back to that warm, comforting narrative. And it's like, man, if you don't want to believe me, oh, Seth's just a big Chris Jones apologist. I know people have problems with pro football focus, but they're certainly not like biased against or for a chiefs player. So check out their grades of him. Because I think up until recently, and maybe he still is, he was the very highest graded pass rusher in the entire league. Not just defensive tackle. Anywhere. I mean, this idea that he's suddenly, he's not, you know, he's not playing hard out there. It's just not on film. Even in the Raiders game, it is on that one snap. That snap is bad. I will acknowledge that snap does not look good. I'm not going to worry about it too much. The, The bigger takeaway, like, from a from a systemic thing, and Josh, you and I talked about this on 810 yesterday, is that the pass rush wasn't good at all. But it wasn't as bad as it looked because the coverage was so bad. And it was it was kind of all of the things coming together where when the pass rush actually did get some pressure, either Derek Carr made a nice throw. Because yep. Carr, Carr made some throws, plays. yep. And, quietly, and quietly, 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 about, quietly, quietly. Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Tom Brady. He, you know what? He played out of his mind. Like, he made four or five really good plays under yep. pressure that just negated mm-hmm. pressure. And and I know people think like, well, yeah, but that's just four or five plays. Imagine how differently you'd feel about those plays had he taken the sack instead. Or had he had to throw the ball away. Right. Or had he been, you know, taken the hit and not completed the pass. It changes the narrative of the game completely. And that's what happens with individual games. Then we would be saying, ah, the pass rush could have been better, but we wouldn't be talking about how bad it sucks. The coverage concerns me because there were a lot of miscommunications and the Raiders knew how to get the matchups they wanted against Spags's defense. They knew how to. They they knew how to get uh, how to get Waller alone in space against Sorensen, right? They knew how to get the Chiefs into the zone look they wanted and exploit that exact look. So that's deeply concerning for me. The pass rush is still concerning for me too because it's not as good as it should be. But right now, as I'm through third quarters or three quarters, I'm charting every single defensive lineman, and the only person besides Jones or Clark to notch a pass rush win is Tershawn Wharton, who has one. That's a problem. You can't just have two guys. You cannot. Because those guys will get... They'll eventually get enough attention where they will get taken out of the game plan by and large. And thinking about this moving forward, they are going to face a Buccaneers team that is at odds with itself, that wants to clearly pass the ball down the field, 
with a quarterback who is inaccurate when forced to do it past 20 yards. Obviously, as we mentioned last year, Josh, um, the Chiefs needed to treat Tom Brady like he was Joe Flacco. And I don't feel like that has really changed, although his skill players have gotten better. So you need to tackle, right? Mm -hmm. But if they can't get pass rush and turnover opportunities against this particular offense, then I think it gets really concerning because that has been one of the things that has complicated the Buccaneers all season. They are really talented, but it's clear that they're all doing this for the first time together, and there are mistakes to be had that you can take advantage of. Um, Meanwhile, Derek Carr's been in the system for a couple years now, and they have just as much talented weapons, and they know how to you know counteract a lot of what the Chiefs are trying to do. So if they can't get pass rush against the Buccaneers, um, and they can't make Tom Brady feel pressure, and yep. they can't get a turnover or two in the back end, because there are turnovers to be had in the back end against Tom Brady, um, if they're going to try to be more aggressive than I think their quarterback is capable of right now, um, then I will have to write that that we are in a in a real real concerning point of the season for one side of the football. Yep, I I I think that you know giving it another game in this opponent to evaluate against is totally fair in terms of of making some bigger judgment calls. But I don't. I guess at this point, if you had to do a little bit of looking ahead to to the game coming up on Sunday with the issues that we've seen. Um, you know, in both Raiders games, which were different. The first game, they were doing a lot of deep shots. And, and on Sunday night, they were doing a lot of Darren Waller on Dan Sorensen, like you mentioned, Seth. Um, do you feel like there's a smart bet to make in terms of this is this is either what the Chiefs defense really is or this is them having their worst game and they're actually better than this on average? Do you do you have a, a, a level you're willing to expect them to reach against the Bucks? It's... I, I would say that um, the defense has been exposed twice against the Raiders, and they didn't look great against the Panthers. And those are some of the better offenses they've played as mm-hmm. of late, right? Um, we're, we're a ways removed from dominating the Ravens, who haven't been as good on offense as they were last year, or even close. Um, or dominating the Texans, who, let's face it, you know, now they did do great things against Josh Allen, who's hot and cold. Yep. It just seems like... I need to see them against a non-Raiders team. I think John Gruden has Spags' number. Mm. And I think that offensive line has their de- the defense's number. Because a lot of their blitzes just weren't getting pressure either. And that's problematic when you're reliant on it a little bit. But really, look, Frank Clark hasn't been as loud this year in terms of, of down the stretch. We'll see how he does because now we're really getting to the home stretch. We'll see if he turns it on like he did last year. Um, Jones has generally been excellent, but he's been quiet against the Raiders both games. So I think we're seeing the defense not have the ceiling that maybe we thought it did, right? Because, you know, anytime a, a team starts showing itself on the upswing or a side of the ball starts going on the upswing, we naturally project, well, you know, if it keeps doing this in X amount of time, it'll be great. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. what we're seeing is that it, it is a flawed defense that can be taken advantage of and is reliant on Spagnolo to at least kind of trade punches with the opposing offense. And if he's not at least on an even spot, they can struggle quickly. Part of it, Tyron Matthew probably played his worst game as a chief on Sunday and, and was directly responsible through several 
several is underselling it. Uh, plays where he was late somewhere, or he was out of position, or he missed a tackle, or it took him 10 yards to drag a guy down. Just things that were not like him. And so that might also show just how reliant they are on Matthew to be excellent, to be a good defense. So there's a lot going on there. I don't even know if that really answers the question you gave me. But I do think it's exposed that this defense doesn't have the ceiling we'd hoped it did. I think the ceiling is what we saw from it earlier this year. I think, I mean, I, I think that we were, I think a lot of people were were going, ah, look at how good the pass defense has been. Everything is fine. All of the all of the the pieces they've cobbled together in the secondary. This actually, yes, it's an elite uh, uh, pass defense. They've shown it, yes, through four games or whatever. I think that a little bit of a, a return to the norm on that makes sense. But specifically, in, at the the safety spot, I mean, you mentioned Matthew struggling. Dan Sorensen, we all saw. Everyone saw what was happening there until the very end, and then he ends up being a you know <laughs> the, the fourth quarter god that he is. Um, and then we talked about Juan Thornhill a little bit mm. on Monday. We now have his snaps. He played eleven defensive snaps. I, I don't think we had this on right, Monday. Right. So he, he had eleven defensive snaps. He also played four special team snaps, which is those were his first four special team snaps of the season, yeah. which. That's a very small sample size, but it also feels like a little bit of a red flag in terms of bringing him back slowly from injury after playing hundreds of snaps this year already, and then he gets a few special team snaps against the Raiders. Um, Nate, with all of that and looking just at the safety position, I I think that it's it's fair to to have uh, you know Matthew's worst game as a chief, as Seth says, as an outlier. Um, I feel like that was Dan Sorensen being Dan Sorensen. I don't know what's going on with Juan Thornhill, and it seems like for the most part, uh, even as I think some corners of the Chiefs universe made Legarius Sneed a Pro Bowler <laughs> a little bit too quickly. Um, in large part, the the cornerback play has I think been really really well supported by the safety yes. play and the pass rush and both of those units were not as good and then also the 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 actual coverage from the corners as Seth has mentioned um over the last couple of episodes was also ungood against the Raiders what with the safety position specifically though what do you make of of the way that really everyone yeah, there trended it's odd because I hadn't thought about it from the context that Seth just presented of maybe this is Tyron Matthews worst game as a chief I mean ugh, that is who that is? I mean, I have to take my glasses off and kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, clean them off and put them back on and say, okay, let's let. I guess I need to look at this. Um, yeah, the Juan Thornhill thing is just something that is so confusing, and uh, we won't. We're not going to find an answer, I don't think, legitimately, until they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we see what they do or do not do with Juan Thornhill. I, I get the sense that, you know, the secondary is still trying to figure out a lot of its roles just because injuries forced them into hands that they had to play. Um, and the coaching staff is good enough to get guys ready to play. But if Juan Thornhill is not on the field and you have bad Tyron Matthew, which is so rare. Um, so it's, rare. it's just, I mean, you just, there's no way you could predict such a thing, let alone um, be mindful of where it may be you know, a month from now, because as weird as this sounds, y'all, we a month away from like playoff games, which is just crazy mm-hmm. um, in a sense. But I 
Seth may be a little bit more concerned about the secondary. I may be more concerned about the pass rush because I think the secondary can get better. I'm not sure outside of your two stars and the occasional, you know, snap from Tayshawn Wharton or from Mike Pinnell. Um, you know, Tano Passanio's been fine this season, but he's actually had a dip from where he was a year ago. Um, yep. I don't know where the solutions are other than blitzing Ben Neiman every single snap. Um, and I mean that not as a joke, but kind of as a joke, because that's mm-hmm. what they're doing with it, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, Which, if you're going to blitz, I don't understand. Like, just on a side note, I apologize, no. Nate, but if you're going to be blitzing Neiman as much as you are, I don't understand why you don't throw in Willie Gay Jr. and let him blitz, because he's faster, and he's more violent at the yes. point of yes. attack. And I just, uh, just on a quick also side note of that, like the things that you can do, the things that they were trying to do to 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 get pressure, um, you know, scheme pressure, you know, stunts, twists, the type of things that we've been excited for Spagnolo to do, and that they did pretty well, especially down the stretch last year. It made things worse, not better against the Raiders. They did not execute them well. Mm. Um, there were multiple snaps where I felt like Jones and Clark like not a ton, but like at least, you know, half dozen where it just seemed like they were wasted because they were set up guys in a stunt that just failed miserably. Mm. And it's like, man, I, I would have just said Jones or Clark would have had a better chance just beating their block individually. And so I don't know what the answer is either. If that's not working and when a team seems to have your number in terms of your gamesmanship up front, that's tough. And that's where Oakland might be just a uniquely bad matchup for the Chiefs defense. And I think we're going to find out a lot about that against a good but not incredible offense with Tampa Bay. A couple of snap count things really quick. Dan Sorensen and Tyron Matthew are the only two players to play every snap on the on the uh, defensive side, uh, both out there for 59 out of 59. Willie Gay did actually play more than Ben Neiman this, this game, uh, 31 snaps to 15 snaps. Both played Dang less you know. than um, than Anthony Hitchens and, and sure. Damian Wilson, though. Um but Willie Gay was out there for, yeah, again, 30 snaps to, to Neiman's 15. Um, Sneed was out there for 13 snaps, and so obviously he's not fully there yet. Rashad Fenton barely played a little bit. He was at 11, um, right there with Juan Thornhill, actually, um, which I would have taken the over on, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's fine. But just a little bit interesting there to see that Willie Gay is getting a little bit longer of a look, it seems, yeah, at this point. Yeah, and... I think that's necessary at this point. Um, I also think, too, that <sighs> this is asking a lot, so I, I need to acknowledge that. But because you could face the Raiders a third time and because you know you're making the playoffs and the fact that the Steelers are still undefeated, like I assume this coaching staff has more moves to make that they're just mm-hmm. not showing because it's like Thanksgiving versus January. Um, so just be mindful of that as we watch the last, you know, five games, the idea of, uh, what can they put on tape? What can they use from a defensive strategy for that specific opponent? And then, um, will they be most prepared and ready to go to give new coverages based on looks they've given over the last, you know, six, seven games? Cause that's mostly what teams go off of when you get to playoff time and, you know, can these guys execute in a way that they did a year ago? I mean, it's, it's, this isn't a low bar. This is kind of high. <laughs> like, he, they wanted to be better. Like, we should make that clear. Like, the defense wanted 
to be better. They just, they didn't, none of those guys said, oh, we want to do exactly what we did last year. No, they, they were more in the we want to be dominant category. We want to be top 10, top 5. Um, they're, they're, they're trending the wrong direction. And so, um, it's not like anybody put that pressure on them. They put that pressure on themselves. But uh, the defending champions, as we all know, will get the best of of mostly everybody, um, specifically teams now who need wins to to stay or improve their position in the playoffs. So you're going to see a good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I just still think there are more opportunities there than what we saw in two samplings from the Raiders. Mm. One other thing from the Raiders game, Seth, we you kind of mentioned this before the show, so I'll let you set it up how you want. But some looking at some things that the Raiders did that could have gone a little bit differently um, mm. that, that you thought was worth revisiting before we look ahead more specifically to the Bucks. I think, you know, we, we've covered that game so in-depth. It's just worth notice, noticing that in a game that was as tight as that one and in a game where just a few things just went a little bit sideways, this game could be viewed very, very differently. Um, you know, let's say, I don't, you know, let's say Carr's clear intentional grounding on their last drive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he gets under some pressure, which it was, it was actually, it was a nicely uh, schemed up pressure uh, where they did blitz. I think it was uh, Traverius Ward who got home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was set up by the fact that they initially had three guys trying to block Chris Jones, which is nice to see, right? You want to see your stars gathering attention, opening it up for other places, and, you know, and he, he throws the ball into a different stratosphere from where anyone yep. was. It was ridiculous no call, which, you know, these things happen, right? It wouldn't have been an excuse had the Chiefs lost. And it's just one of those things, though, because it was second and 10 from the Chiefs 23. Had that gotten called, it's 10 yards and a down. So now we're talking third and 20 from the Raiders 33, down four. It, it might have just negated all the heroics they needed from Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. And it would have been remembered very differently because of the timing of the stop, right? And sometimes timing is everything. Because it's worth noting, when you go through the events of the fourth quarter, the Chiefs, or I apologize, the events of the third quarter, the, the Chiefs did get stopped once where they 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 just they just couldn't get it done right get the ball back to Oakland and the defense got a stop so the Chiefs punted um with uh 1334 left in the fourth quarter right they punted down three okay and the Chiefs defense three and out now yep. one of those you know Aguilar could have caught that there was a deep ball there right that he could have caught would have been a real tough throw, which was a killer throw by Carr. Killer throw. And and when I saw the replay, I was like, I know it's not January, mm-hmm. but but John, I might go for this. I, it's fourth and four. Mm-hmm. Anything's available yes. in your playbook. Your quarterback. It wasn't your quarterback making the wrong decision. In fact, he's been making all the good decisions so far. Yeah, he's been And the guy it. just dropped the ball, which, you know, is human. Like, let's not act like yep. Nelson Aguilar isn't human, but like, I don't know, man. Yep. Fourth and four from your yep. 38 yard line. What, you want him to go 75 right. yards versus 38 yards? Totally up to you, man. Like, I. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, does that. Absolutely. I agree. It's, and it, it's worth noting. So, Carr makes a great throw under heavy pressure. This might have been one of Jones's best snaps of the game. Because he goes through Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson. And this isn't like one of those like ticky-tack double teams. Like it just kind of happened. This is like, now we're going to put two dudes on here. And he just like fought through them. 
It's a crazy impressive snap. And Clark does a good job bending around the edge to limit where he can go. And Carr just makes an awesome, awesome throw that even though it's it forces Aguilar to cut inside a little bit, so it's not like a perfect throw, but I mean, it's still an awesome throw under that amount of pressure and, that, and down the field. And Aguilar just can't quite make the adjustment. It's worth noting though, like the defense did make it, that was like, an absolute gotta have it play where like, let's say Jones doesn't get that pressure and Carr hits him down the field. Suddenly, you yeah. know, maybe the Raiders are up mm-hmm. 10. So the, the narrative, the defense wasn't hmm. as is often true with these things. Kind of like with Turkey, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not quite as bad as people thought, although it's a little different because it was bad. The Raiders got their number, but it's worth noting that they did do just enough to where there were opportunities for heroics at the end. And so we'll see kind of, I'm curious if it's specific, a a Raiders thing and the way they're coached and how they're set up and all that stuff. Or there's a chance, there's a chance that we we have to suffer through watching Tom Brady hang 40 on them. I wouldn't like that very much. I, I, I would not like I'd that. I have a hard time seeing that unless there are just a lot of missed tackles. <laughs> Because, you know, yep. tackling Mike Evans, not as easy as it looks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, they missed a lot of tackles. Yep. They did. On, they missed so many tackles. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, let's let's look ahead there a little bit more than uh, Nate. I know we, we saw the Bucks on Monday night against the Rams. Brady made some real mistakes, like some not just some plays where you went, oh, his arm didn't get it where it needed to be. Sometimes it was like late. It was an overthrow. There were some questionable reads and actual decisions made. They've got a ton of talent catching passes from Brady at this point, but uh, it it looks it looked like a mess on Monday night. Every everything was just kind of clunky. What do you, what do you think the best way to evaluate where the Bucks are right now is? And and then are you willing to say maybe we need to prepare for a rough defensive outing again on Sunday. I don't know if we need to prepare for a rough defensive outing. I I feel like watching the Rams and their level of execution um, does give the Chiefs a lot of options on offense. Um, this might be a misdirection game because I thought we'd see a little bit more creativity or a little bit more misdirection, disguising stuff. Um, instead of the Chiefs just lining up and just destroying the Raiders. Uh, where mm-hmm. 
it was pretty clear <laughs> that Andy was like, we don't need to do anything special outside of their one red zone, you know, slot machine right play, um, which is still fun to watch, even though they didn't score a touchdown on it. Because uh, even Byron Pringle's like, hey, guys, like, wow, this, this, I really am this wide open in the middle of the field. Yep. With other guys, <laughs> when guys usually tackle me. Whoa. Um, uh, outside of that, they just lined up and moved the football. Um, there was a pretty good balance, I thought, between Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, that needs that trend, I believe, needs to continue in, in terms of snap count and usage. And um, I like that Le'Veon knows that he's not a young chicken anymore, so he plays at his pace. It's a very old man football style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That works. He's hitting he's hitting bank shots from yes. the from the top of the yeah. key, he man. He really is. He's just doing his he thing. Really, he's setting screens and rolling. Yeah, I I it, I don't know if he's like trying to save stuff for much later in the in the year two. Like I like so much of this is about these dudes just managing not only the game in the moment, but like the season as a whole, because they just know January is like, you know. Uh, they, they they want long January, not sh- like we worked our you know what's off just to get to January, and then we'll and then we'll have a nice exit. Um, I wonder if Andy's going to have more mixed direction, more jet sweeps. There was some of that a little bit from the Rams' perspective, where it's like, hey, we may be going here, but it's actually going there. Um, and so this could be a shootout. Which uh, is this game on CBS? CBS has got to be like, thank the Lord. <laughs> Tom Brady, <laughs> Tom Brady has to win because uh, he can't keep losing. Uh, mm. You know they're still chasing the Saints, even though I think that's a that's a race that can probably be called at this point, even with Taysom Hill as a quarterback. But um, it should be fun to know that Mahomes will beat Brady again. Uh, we will get the full attention of Patrick Mahomes yet again, uh, mm. and a lot of these guys. I assume are going to feed into their own kind of narrative. The idea that like, this is just the first trip to Tampa. We want to make a second. Let's make the first trip go. Okay. Let's make that successful. And then we can remind ourselves that, Hey, uh, we could be back here sooner rather than later. That's obviously the goal in all of this. Um, the Buccaneers are a fascinating team that is symptomatic of putting rosters together on paper but you you just got to see it come together and you're doing it with a how old quarterback how mm-hmm. old is he and and that's the mm-hmm. issue like i i want to i want to love him i want to but like they almost lost to the giants okay like they they are beatable and um mm-hmm. Sean McVay to my surprise Josh ran the ball on third and eight cuz <laughs> in a weird way, he kind of pseudo mind tricked everybody where it was just like, well, if I just get a lead, that puts pressure on Tom Brady in this offense to execute over the length of the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can struggle at that when pressure, when they're in pressure moments, whether that's against the Bears, and we all know what happened there, mm-hmm. and whether that's against, you know, a, a top caliber team like the Saints on opening day, where it was clear the Saints were like, well, we want to see what you guys look like in the fourth quarter. Teams are challenging them in a way in the fourth quarter that is really interesting. And had they not gotten a deflective, you know, pass breakup off of a Daniel Dimes, not a dime in the red zone, they might have lost that game too. So um, interesting thought that he, that, that Sean McVay was like, I just want the lead so that my defense has the ability to pin its ears 
and we'll see if they can execute over the length of, you know, 75 yards. Seth, how do you feel about Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Cam Brate coming to town? Or I guess going to their town. <laughs> it, they should be they should be better than they've been. Um, and I think Nate's right when you talk about the idea that things on paper don't always quite pan out the way you would think. On paper, Godwin Evans Brown <sighs> is one is unbelievable um you throw that in with Gronkowski who isn't what he was but is certainly still a very good player he's he's looked better as the season's gone along right he's yeah, looked a yeah. little less creaky um and so I, I I don't know what to think because they've they've had some games where they look unstoppable and they've had some games where they look yeah and more games honestly where they've looked near right. but the talent is certainly there and it's just a matter of you know is tom brady i think this is just who he is at this point which is kind of similar to last year right mm-hmm. where he's still capable of very very high level performances but it's not a given week in and week out and i think what we're seeing is the limitations of a team when when a quarterback doesn't have a good performance it doesn't really matter who your weapons are if your quarterback's not doing super well. And what's more is maybe, for all everyone's trying to fight it, maybe not necessarily a schematic fit for what they want to do on offense. Because that's been an argument that's gone back and forth all year, right? It's like, oh, Brady's not a fit. Yes, he is. It's just been like this constant battle. And so I'm genuinely curious. I just don't know enough about the the Bucks to have a good opinion other than they should be better than they've been. Because that that trio is on paper, I would say the second best receiving group in terms of pure wide receivers, if we're leaving out tight ends, that I can think of in history. Second only to Moss Carter Reed, mm. which will never be mm-hmm. topped. Like there will never be a wide receiver. Just just on a side <laughs> note, take it from a guy from Minnesota. There will never be a better wide receiver trio than Moss Carter Reed because you're already starting with Moss. Mm -hmm. And so unless your top guy is Jerry freaking Rice, (laughs) it doesn't matter, right? It means there's a huge gap between their one and your one. And this was Chris Carter at his apex who was a what? Top 20 of all time, dude, in his Mm -hmm. own right? The top 15 of all time? Like, and Jake Reed at his apex was good, and so I'm just I just wanted to I know this is a Chiefs podcast, but anyone who has any argument otherwise, no, no, don't talk to me about the Rams. Don't talk to me about even the Chiefs who have great wide receivers. No, it's Moss Carter Reed. That said, on paper, Godwin Evans Brown should be awesome, and everyone's saying Brown looks like himself. Um, you know he's trashing things on the sideline, <laughs> and no, I'm sorry, that's not right. That's not no no I don't. Yeah, that's the, that's I, the I right landing. Yeah, you got there. You got there. You you needed. Yeah, I don't. Need to I feel don't that care. A bit. I. It, it's one thing. Like I mean, we talked about various other things enough to where you know I'm an innocent until proven guilty kind of guy. I just there's enough things that he's done that's been shown that he's done that I just don't care. I I don't think he belongs in the league. So that's just I'm all for second chances and third chances and maybe even fourth chances. I'm not huge on tenth mm-hmm. chances. Like, but anyway, uh, but he looks like himself physically, but it's just not working the way you'd think it would. And, you know, Tom, Tom better be cautious because those whispers are going to start. If New England keeps looking pretty good again, there's going to be some whispers. Isn't it wild that one of the major near misses that 
went in the Chiefs' favor was Antonio Brown went literally loco in in, in Oakland last year. <laughs> like that, like that those was, games could have been more competitive last year. That's true. It, it, except you know, yeah, dude went dude went cray cray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, yep. Well, and you know wearing what? Wearing a spray yeah, painted helmet. A yeah. Yes, because they added they added Rugs and Aguilar, and their offenses looked way better. Rugs, low key, even though he hasn't put up huge stats, he's been really important. Yes, um, dragging them, dragging defenders deep, and that sort of stuff. It's a big deal. But no, I, I I'm curious about this game. I'm just genuinely curious. It's kind of like when they were playing the Panthers, right? And we were all like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, and, and and hey, hey, I was the one here saying the Panthers are low key a good offense. And and Teddy's a good quarterback, but I think Teddy Bridgewater's been playing better than Tom Brady yep. lately. So I don't, yep. I don't know. Look, it'll be hard for Brady to play as well as Derek Carr played last yeah. week. Yeah, and, and again, Derek Carr played his a a plus game for 58, 59 minutes, fifty nine minutes and thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Hey, Dan, why don't you? You know what, Dan? You've had a right, rough yeah. game. Take this they, ball. Take this ball, Dan." And they still lost, which is to. Which is yeah. to just remind you, um, you mm. know who the better quarterback is when the game starts. You know when the, who the better quarterback is in crunch time. Um, I think, I mean, I'm not really saying anything shocking when I think, you know, Andy Reid's a better coach than, than Bruce Arians. Uh, although I, I have a lot of uh, respect for Bruce. I, I, I just, I this game should be fun and exciting. But again, we're, we're in the serious phase of the year. And I'm eager to know what occurs Sunday and what also occurs with the Saints because it's it's second week of Taysom, Taysom Hill on tape, guys. Like, it may not look as good. <laughs> it just, I'm, so, just, I'm so glad somebody finally said that. It just I got so annoyed not, by the victory. People, yes, I told you. I told you this 30-year-old it, Tim Tebow was going to be great in his first game. Not, it may not look as good is, is all I'm saying. All I'm, like, the Saints defense – Ooh, y'all got a lot on y'all shoulders, man. Cause come come get these sacks. Cause Taysom Hill needs all the help he can get. <laughs> Where it's like, wow, Taysom Hill played well, and it's like, no, it's like they they crunched Matt Ryan a thousand times. Yeah. So, and the and the like, Falcons, the Falcons the bothered the Falcons game. bothered Taysom Hill as much as the Chiefs bothered Derek Carr. Like that. <laughs> I right. watched I watched a good amount of that game, and he did not get hassled exactly. No. So again, like, <laughs> hey, you know. The Saints, the Saints get the Broncos. It's on the road. It might be a little frigid there in 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 Denver. I'm all hey Denver feeling good about themselves. They finally got a win. Hey, it just yeah. it just might not look as good. Taste from Hill just might not. Second week on tape. Vic Fangio, show me something. Vic Vic can coach a defense. Just on a side note, speaking of the weather, um, I know I'm circling us back to the Raiders game that we left it behind. I'm just letting you know, I am totally here for part three, even though the Raiders match up against the Chiefs really mm-hmm. well, I, because part three would be in Arrowhead in January. And I have if the next good game Derek Carr plays in the cold will be the first one. <laughs> so we'll see, because he doesn't have to play, you know, Vegas, he won't be in the cold. I want to see him do it, because do, do they still play the Broncos? What's their schedule look like? Because I, I believe, yeah, I believe they still play the Broncos in Denver. If, I, if they... If Carr plays a good game in the cold, I will start to fear the Raiders. Genuinely fear them come playoff time. But his next good game in the cold 
This is what I December, said uh, to someone on Twitter. It'll it'll be it'll first. Be, sir, it'll be December 6th against a tanking New York Jets team. That's so you right. need to see it. So you need to see it twice. Is and, what then, you're and then it's yep. January 3rd at the Broncos. Their season will be over. Yeah. It's the last right. game of the year, yep. but it will be. Season will be over. It would be the most Broncos thing ever for them to oh, yeah. You're so right. lose to the Jets and the Broncos, or the most greatest <laughs> thing ever, lose to the Jets and the Broncos down the stretch here and miss the playoffs because of it. I think I think they go all out in that Broncos game for seeding and they and they lose that Broncos game and end up being like the sixth seed. That's my L- guess. Look, the Jets are like, yep. you ain't even got to get on the plane. You want to just you want to just you want to just yeah. simulate this Madden style. You yeah. want to just yeah, you want to just simulate this. You we they they just like we we're just waiting on Trevor. Trevor. Eric, guys, we're just we're just waiting. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this show. We spent a lot of time talking about Thanksgiving food, a lot of time talking about the Raiders game, and enough time talking about the Bucks. You can know this isn't a disrespect issue. It's a it's Wednesday, and that game is still four days away issue. But uh, I uh, do you guys want to give a little a little uh, way too early prediction, knowing that there's a lot of things we don't know still about what that game's gonna look like. Yeah, so just just for everybody is aware of this, I'm about to make a prediction where um, the team has yet to practice this week, and we don't know yeah. who's healthy and who's not. So yeah. with that in mind, uh, Chiefs 30, um, Bucks 21, somewhere in there? Uh, eh. I'm going to go with Chiefs 34, Bucks 31. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I, 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 I'm... I, I've got some concerns about the defense. I do think, just on a side note, something to watch out for. Um, the the Bucks two inside linebackers, David and White. Um, David's just a great, 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 great player. Just watch for that because he's a free agent on a side Ooh. note. He's like 30, 31, but he's a free agent. Great player. Three down guy. Great pass coverage guy. Great against the run. Uh, White's really athletic. Not quite as good in coverage or nearly as good, but he's super athletic. One thing to watch for. Sometimes teams with really athletic linebackers like like the Panthers who don't play the Chiefs a lot try to cover Kelsey with their linebackers mm-hmm. and it's always that's what the the the, the Panthers tried to do it with Shaq Thompson, mm-hmm. right? And it always goes so badly no matter who it was it, it used to go badly for luke keekley back in the day oh, right like oh, it did oh, and luke keekley was, was great, great. Oh. he was great in coverage but he could not cover travis kelsey and, and no linebacker can there's not a linebacker in the league that can do it and that might be just kind of a hidden advantage for the chiefs because they rely on david and white to do a lot of coverage and if they put those guys on kelsey it's not if it goes well, it'll be the first time it's gone well for a linebacker against Kelsey. So that's just something to watch for. But I, I think the Chiefs will. I think the Chiefs will take it home. They've given up 31 points both their last two games. So I, I was also going to say Bucks 31. I think that I, I think I have to expect the Chiefs to end up in that like mid 30s range, and whoever they play ends up in the low 30s range if they're competent. I think that's just sort of a fair expectation at this point with the Bills being the the recent outlier. So yeah, I like a I like a 35 to 31 kind of thing. Again, Panthers was 33-31, Raiders was 35-31. Mhm. That range feels about right. I'd love for the defense to surprise me, maybe to pick off Tom Brady a couple times. Um I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about just how like I'm a little nervous about how the defense is going to look. I think the Chiefs will score, but I'm a little bit nervous about a couple of things in there. Uh, but I hope uh, you all listening are not nervous about anything over the next several days. Hope you have a wonderful, safe, and um, 
pie-filled Thanksgiving because <laughs> you have good taste. You listen to this podcast. You must have good taste. And uh, we will talk to you again after the Chiefs-Bucks game. Yes, sir. Um, please, think of John Madden when you have Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs>